How you doing, everybody? My name is Jake Roberts. I am the Program Director of Recovery Resource Atlanta Midtown. We are so excited to have you back for another episode of Keeping It Real with Two L's, because our lessons learned will lessen your L's. And uh, I, I'm so excited today to have Neil Campbell. She is the Executive Director of Georgia Council on Substance Abuse, a an amazing group, um, you know, of people, an amazing organization. Neil, you know, I'll let you get into, um, you know, what is the Georgia Council just briefly, but um, I've known you for over five years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and it's, been, it's been an incredible journey, you know, uh, met during the, the CARES training uh, to get my CPS uh, for the job that I have now, um, you know, met my wife in that training, uh, you know, started a, an incredible um, journey in recovery uh, that led me back to California and then back to Atlanta. Too much information. Neil, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Jake, thank you for having me. It is uh, five years ago because your face popped up on my uh, Facebook timeline oh, no just yesterday of uh, when we were out in California, when I got the award in August of 2015 yes. in California, we came out to see you and it was yeah. awesome. So yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, no, that's it. it yeah. And, and, and so Neil, just real quick, um, if you can let everybody that's listening know uh, a little bit about Georgia Council, if they don't. Yeah. So Georgia Council on Substance Abuse is a nonprofit organization. We've been around for 20 years. Um, we're a stable nonprofit in that we have only had two executive directors in all of that time. So that's pretty amazing. And I became the executive director in 2008. And we do four things. We do education, we do advocacy, we do training, and we do peer recovery support services. And I can go into as much depth as you want to on that, but it's gasubstanceabuse.org if you want yep. to check us out and see what all we do. But the cornerstone of everything we do is our peer training that you attended in 2015. 2015. Yeah, early 2015. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's called CARES. And those of you who know or are a CARES will know what that is, but it stands for Certified Addiction Recovery Empowerment Specialist. And so we have trained to date, accurate count, 742 people in recovery to be peer recovery coaches wow. since 2011. Yeah, there's seven over, you know, after this wow. year, close to 800 of us. Oh my Maybe. goodness. All right. Yeah. 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 You're going to be clearing 1,000 midway through 21, huh? Oh, Lord. Who knows? I guess so. <laughs> you know? and, and I remember, you know, Sherry Jenkins Tucker was... Um, She's the director of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network, yep. and they've been training peers for mental health for years and years. And I remember sitting at lunch with her, and I said, I said, Sherry, we've just trained our 60th CARES. And she said, just wait till it gets to be 600. And oh <laughs> my gosh. I feel responsible for you guys, and I feel yeah. connected, and I feel like, you know, I, I try to treat you smarter than, than I am, because you are. And I want to make sure that you get an intelligent, experience when you go through our training and that you feel challenged and that you feel part of and connected and you know yeah after 742 it's it's a lot yeah those are words uh coming from a true leader um you know that that past sentence and i think we are all honored to, to you know to be to be a part of this um you know journey and go, go from 60 to 600 uh you know and and i mean going from you know one community center to over 30 or at 30 32. 32, 32 right now yeah across the state of georgia so we're not talking about like 
you know, one city here or there, but I mean, literally, you know, from, from the biggest city, Atlanta, where we're at, to the most rural, you know, uh, of communities. And what would be the most, what do you think the most rural uh, uh, RCO is? Well, no, I'll give the most, but what are like a couple? Jessup, Albany, yeah. uh, I'm thinking right. of North Georgia, there's uh, in Paulding County, um, you know, they're, they're just all uh, down in uh, mid Georgia, there's uh, in Americas. Yep. You know, we're everywhere. We're I everywhere. mean, yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's, and it's such a, uh, it's, it has such an incredible impact. I believe community centers and peers and the peers that lead them and run them and organize, uh, you know, resources throughout their community. Um, you know, so people can live a life of purpose again and, and get well and stay well. I think yep. that's the big and thing is, is, is we help people stay well. Right? Yeah, you yep. don't have to walk in with the diagnosis. You just walk yep. in and go, I feel like crap. Right. You know, I'm using drugs every day or I can't stop drinking and someone's there to help you. And right. that was the vision, right? When we started this, gosh, that was back in 2013, 14, we started doing this recovery leadership development and wanted to de develop leaders out in local communities. So grassroots, uh, advocacy could raise up these recovery centers and they have it's like man when a plan comes together it's pretty cool so we have you know recovery voices like you said from all corners of georgia that people are just amazing and they're speaking out and they're getting to know their legislators and they're getting to know you know their communities and their communities are getting to know them and it's just i think it's been yeah. it's been the gift of my life to do this work all leading with love and all breaking down the stigma you know one person at a time i mean i think that's uh, it's powerful, you know, and it, this is, it's where the change happens within community. And then if it splinters out and it's bigger and it gets better and, and more people get involved, awesome. But really it's that community, right? Because those are the people that you see um, if you're not at work, you know, those are the people that you see and that's, that is your life, you know, so it's so important to be able to have a resource, you know, because I think that was one of the things, you know, A, I could not ask for help. B, I wouldn't even know to know where to look. Right. You know, um, and this, and, and even the people that were providing uh, recovery services, let's say before 2000, um, they didn't really have m many places to send you um, that were, you know, all encompassing many pathways. Like you said, no diagnosis, just all, all inclusive in a sense, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's such yeah. a win. It just makes so much sense. I don't know why it hasn't completely exploded, but it needs the foundation that you're creating. And, mm -hmm. and, and it will, and it yeah, is, I know you're out Cali. No, absolutely, we've done everything with um, sustainability in mind. Mm -hmm. And we always say people support what they help to create, right? So right. if people right. are helping to, if I, I don't just come into your community and say, here, here, Jake, here's Recovery Resources of Atlanta, do a program, it's Big how do you grow yeah. this? What is your, right. what is your community need? And the other right. thing is I got to give it up for um, our OG, uh, Andre Johnson in Detroit at the Detroit Recovery Project. He took me oh, yeah. by, um, down near eight mile, he took me down this road where he had a recovery residence he was trying to get established. And it took him a while and he finally did. But on the side of their house, it's this big blue house. It's not, it's very ostentatious. And it says recovery lives here. Nice. That's how you know that you can get recovery because you have places like that. So I love, yeah. you know, when we see, we go by, um, I'm thinking of uh, rise up in Dublin when you drive by you see the word recovery so you yep. know and so she has people coming from all over because they it's on the on a on a busy street and they can actually see recovery that that's it happens amazing. there and that's been my vision ever since i andre took me down that road it was man we need to have recovery lives here everywhere so people yeah. know yeah yeah and, it, and it's uh 
and it permeates throughout all of society, all communities, um, you know, the, the need for it, I should say, the need for uh, recovery, you know, around, you know, whether you call it addictive diseases, where you call it substance use disorders, addictions, whatever, whatever your language is around it, you know, the recovery, um, you know, the growth and the, and the accessibility really, you know, uh, you know, of, of recovery at these centers too, because, I mean, that's what we're learning right now. I, I don't mind going off on this tan tangent, you know, with COVID, you, you know, it, it changed direct services. Yes. Just boom, it changed it. And it, and we were just before we even got uh, recording, we were talking about how it may change some things for the better, you know, um, you know, and all the rest, you know, you know, but, but if it did, it did, it changed the accessibility. It changed, you know, how we actually deliver services. And, and I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, Jake, but before COVID, I never went to a 12-step meeting online. I never no. did. I always thought, oh, that's not for me. I have to go face-to-face. -face. I'm interacting. I'm an extrovert. Yeah. yeah I never they, did. No. And I, I, I've been going to in the rooms. And I mean, they're fantastic. Right. They're, I mean, I walk, I, I, I leave the meeting and feel like I've been to a meeting. Right. Which I Sydney, never Australia has been my favorite one from, from in the rooms. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I think it's the, the accent and some of the stories. I mean, they're all, they're all kind of similar stories, but they're kind of told with different vernaculars and a little bit yeah. of different narratives. It's yeah. hilarious, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, only, the only thing I did was, uh, it was called xaspeakers.org or something along those lines, and it was recorded speaker tapes. Okay. From meetings, like that was the only thing that I could even compare it to, and I've even I've even gone back to listening to some of the, you know, the the other ones, but but it's uh, I mean, yes, we we have these community centers, and they are brilliant, um, and they are there for for people that are seeking recovery. And Neil, I would like to know from you, who was Neil uh, before recovery? I know we're switching gears here. Yeah, so it was several. Yeah, I've been it's 30 <laughs> years since I had my last drink or illegal Ooh. drug. Uh, I know. It's um, who was Neil before recovery? Yeah. I was lost. Neil was a very aimless person. Um, you know, I, I was just not very productive. I think I had, a, um, I did, I have a, had a diagnosis of severe depression and I felt severely depressed and I had an anxiety disorder. And so I had Same. a lot of stuff going on that um, in my head that, so I, you looked at me from the outside and everything kind of looked okay, but you looked just beneath that veneer and I was a pretty sick girl. Mm -hmm. So um, I was mm -hmm. 29 when I started to think about not drinking again. And then my life fell apart. My dad died. My um, I lost a long-term relationship and a house and a blah, 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 you know, all that stuff that you can lose. And I just, um, decided to get, get it together. And I had a really good therapist. I gotta say she was amazing and she didn't push me on the drinking stuff. She just started, we started to look at what my life was and, you know, she used to call me coma woman. <laughs> I can say this. She can't say this. Wait, go, yeah, go back. Wait, what is that? I had no feelings. Oh, she'd okay. be like, "What are okay. you? Are you mad, sad, glad?" I'm like, "Feel? I don't. I don't know. What's that? You know, I'm yeah. always on tough. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. always something, but I don't know what how I feel." So she right. helped me get into that feeling and to titrate the feelings that I've had from you know for 30 years, and right. just became you know once I start I stopped drinking, then the depression and the anxiety went down as well it was mm -hmm. a miracle mm -hmm. <laughs> so I started to get in touch with my life but I also remember you know being just not spiritually connected to I mean it, right. I, I, it just I remember feeling like 
just, I'm going to live and then I'm going to crash and burn. And that was it. And so I just think I was, a, it, you wouldn't have known me. I wasn't this at all, whatever this right. is. Right. No, well, no, I mean, I think, and I think we, I think a lot of us come from, uh, what is it? it? It's like, we're not, we're not living in our, after we're in recovery for a while, we look back and we're like, I wasn't living in my own body or something like that, you know, like just, Correct. you know, completely, no, completely detached, you know, from any kind of, you know, bigger purpose or, you know, greater yeah. message or anything like that. That had no meaning. Yeah. No, really yeah, my life had no meaning. I was pretty vapid. I was pretty empty. Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, and then I like the spiritual connection and just connection in general, um, yeah. you know, was, was like, the next question really kind of moves into the, the sequence, you know, or continuum of recovery or whatever, but, but what was like, because a lot of people have it, you know, in their stories, what was the, the first moment or the series of moments when you knew you needed support or you needed help? Yeah, so I was driving down the road in Tallahassee, Florida. I still had my job. I was working for the Department of Corrections at the time, okay. <laughs> believe it or okay. not. Yeah. And I had, the day before, I had beaten, been beaten up by, by my girlfriend at the time. Oh, wow. Just beat the crap out of me. Um, I was, so I'm driving down the road, and I could not remember whose couch I was staying on that night. So I, was, I had no home. I was uh, and I, so I pulled over mm -hmm. on Lafayette Street. It was a, it was a beautiful July day. And I just remember looking, I had a Honda Civic CRX SI, nice. little red pocket rocket. Yeah. Pulled over to the side of the road and I was in tears. And I remember looking up through my little moon roof and said, I don't want to live like this anymore. Hmm. And when I got home, um, this was, so it was 30 years ago. So cell phones weren't really popular, but I had a message on, on my uh, tape recorder from a friend of mine and I called him and he's like, you know what, you don't have to live this way and why don't you come with me? He was just right there for me and took me to a 12-step meeting and I never drank again. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was, I was 30 and it was 30 years ago. We had, I, just, I just did another interview that, that talked about a tape recorder. I kid you not. A voice, uh, you know, like the actual cassettes that you would put in phone, home phones, phone yes, lines, stuff okay. like that. Yes, yes, young well, man. <laughs> look, I, I didn't. I wasn't in. I got a. I got my first cell phone. It was the Nokia brick cell phone that had snake on it when yes. I was seventeen years old, and it lived in my uh, my glove com, uh, glove box because yeah. it was an emergency. Yeah. It was only to be used for emergencies. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was like, do yeah. not use, you know, so it ended up being just like a little video, you know, Game Boy to play Snake on. But there yeah, so I and I was, I was well into high school. So I'm there with you. I, I, I do remember the, if I was going to speak to that, I'm going to go off, try again. But the one with the brick to the face. The dial, the, the rotary dial ones. Yeah, had those. And, and then the, uh, it was in the kitchen and the cord would wrap around four different rooms. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I kid you not, like you could go all the way from the kitchen into the living room if you needed to. It must have been like a 50 to 100 foot cable. Uh, That's so amazing. I'm so old, I remember my grandmother had a party line. So you would get on the phone really? and you'd hear somebody else talking. Really? The neighborhood had different, it was all, it was just one line for the whole neighborhood. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, party line. All right. <laughs> I would have to look up a party line. We might, we might have to we might have to reboot that. You know, oh, retro right. retro things are are coming back. I guess party line is like Zoom. a WhatsApp chat. Yeah, yeah, chat or something like that. But the um, well, that's that's you know, and I I love those stories. And and it was it was a it was a 
it came from a voice of a person obviously that you trusted and they uh, went out of their way to be of service to the next uh you know person in recovery to bring you to a meeting and then boom it hit yep. you know uh, so community you know i also hear in that is so necessary for people that are on the fringe you know to come into this life yeah absolutely um, he was someone who he was my only sober friend i didn't trust anybody who didn't drink <laughs> well, he was really literally my only sober yeah. friend he was also um a cyclist and i was a cyclist at the time uh, and i awesome. was trying uh, working out with this huge cycling club in atlanta and he was part of that and so that became my community more than ever when i stopped drinking i had to have something to you know the first 30 days i was just shaking a lot and eating a lot of candy but after that it well even during that first 30 days i, I rode, rode my bicycle a lot so i had this community of you know 50 60 people that would get together several times a week and we would ride 32 miles on the st mark's bike trail in tallahassee florida down to Wakulla and back. And then on the weekends, I'd go out and we'd do 70 mile rides, 80 mile rides. And, and most of those folks were not sober, but they were my community. And they would, if I missed a ride, they would call me, you know, some, some people would call, hey, we really missed you. Where have you been? We, you know, we needed you on the polls today. You know, it was just something awesome. I felt an obligation to show up for them right. in some ways. And I knew, I didn't talk a lot about my recovery with them, but I think they knew that I was struggling and, you know, yeah. my, the happiest day of my life that that summer was um, actually it was a couple of summers. It was two summers later and I was riding with that group in a double pace line out in the country roads in North Florida, okay. south, near South Georgia. And it was July 13th and it was my birthday and they all sang me happy birthday in a pace line in a double pace line. And I remember thinking, man, I'm so happy. I'm sober for two years. And yep. I just remember feeling so good. And like, these are my people. These are, this is amazing. Yes, and just so everybody knows, if you're going to go for a bike ride for, I mean, for 10, 20, 50 miles, you're not drinking the night before or while doing it. Um, <laughs> or, or maybe they are, you know. And, and, no, and, I was and, the and, one who had scotch. I had scotch in my water bottle. <laughs> right. No, I did. Uh, on the I, bike ride? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real? I oh, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So when I was out in California, I think it was like year two of recovery, um, and I was working for Phoenix and uh, one of the community members in the men's groups that I went to, he was a part of one of these groups out in Newport Beach, California, right? And uh, I had got my first bike and I was super excited about it. And I showed up, I showed up without changing the pedals. So uh, I still had, I didn't have the clip in pedals and, and it, it was, it was a big no, no is what I found out. Um, you know, but I still, I rode with them and I think I only rode for like 20 some odd you know, miles or something like that. But it, it, it's a really, it's a great experience. If you can, if you can find a group and get in with a group and find a group, it, it, whether it's uh, cyclists or runners or something like that, a running group, you know, it's a really cool experience to be kind of in rhythm and in motion with this amount of people. Um, yes, I mean, I think right. just the, the connection with those folks and the endorphins, just the, yeah. um, you know, you get off your bike after, and I did a couple of 200 miles in two days. Ooh. with this mm -hmm. group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, yeah, I was riding 150 to 180 miles a week. And, and mm -hmm. I, I think I really attribute that to a lot of my success because it, yep. it healed my brain. It really helped my brain heal. Yeah. Um, yeah. From a lot of things. So yeah. It was moving, me moving meditation. I don't know what else you call that, you know, cause yeah. you're, it's a pedal, you're pedaling, you know, and you gotta be a little more aware 
whether you're, you know, you got cars on the sides or where you yeah. are in the line and yeah, that and, wheel in front of you if you're right. riding the line, yeah. Because I mean, it, I mean, they want it. They want to have you keep what? I mean, inches away if you can. Inches if you can, yeah. Right. I mean, they, uh -huh. yeah. They offer your like. I had to take my air. They told me I had to take my arrow arrow, arrow bars off because I was doing some triathlons at the time and right. You know, yeah. You, People are very disciplined because you can really get messed up if you crash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. No. I, yeah. I lost my uh, front tooth. Now, this is when I was a teenager, but on oh. a curb, you know, uh, oh, down, okay. downhill and, yeah. and the, the, the road kind of veered to the right and I, and I didn't I engage my speed. Well, no, no, no. no. I've, I've laid my bike down like on the side of the road. I can run off and then lay okay. it down. I've done that a couple of times. And then, you know, there were people out, this was again, 30 years ago, there were people who would not used to seeing cyclists on the side of the road that throw stuff at you. And oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. South Georgia. South Georgia. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, or you get, um, I was in Boulder, Colorado, riding my bike, and this is odd that it's Boulder. Um, you'd think it'd be more, you know, liberal there, uh, but this big old truck, and someone will be able to mention it if they if they hear this, but there's some sort of fluid or something you can put in the gas tank to where the, if you hit the accelerator, a lot of smoke comes out. Have you seen oh, that before of no. the truck exhaust pipe? So, no. so they were exhaust piping all the bikers along this road. So I got blasted and then there was like somebody like 120, 200, 200 yards ahead of me and then they blasted them too. Uh -uh. So, hey, however you get your kicks, right? It's yeah. cruel. It's cruel. It is, it is cruel. <laughs> so anyone that enjoys cycling is probably going to get a kick out of this. If you don't or have not, uh, yeah, just look it Good. up. Yeah, well, well so my latest obsession is the erg rower, you know, so the ergometer. So yes. I'm, I'm rowing. I got one of those since the pandemic and, and got it shipped to my house. And I've been doing that a lot. And man, do I love it. So now I go to spin class because my gym opened back up. Nice. And I do rowing. But that rowing, I wish I would have found it earlier. It's amazing. It is. It is. It is. And then uh, you'll, I wonder if you'll bump over to the, I think it's called like an attack bike. Have you seen those? It's a where the yeah, where they lean up. over and stuff. Oh no, 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 no! It's a it's a big fan. Um, it's a big oh. fan, and you pedal and you push with no. your arms. No, none of that. Because you mm. can. Well, actually, it makes sense. Some from cycling to rowing makes sense because you're in a. You got to really get into a rhythm, and you can while you're rowing because there are. It's a full body exercise if you if you push yourself correctly and if you yes. row correctly. Big yeah. time. You know the energy starts from your from your feet into your legs, and then. It fully extends with your arms. I like that this is the recover. That's called recover. Right. Exactly. It is. <laughs> and then you can get in. Yeah, that makes more sense. Long, long distance, you know, you can go, I mean, you can go forever if you want, uh, you know, on a rowing machine. 6,000 meters is, is what I do usually. Okay. And that's a lot. That feels a lot. So it is. Yeah. And you can up the you can up the uh, the resistance and stuff like that, you know, or whatever it is, you know. But yeah. Yeah, I just like that it's mindless and it feels good when you get off. It's low impact because I'm old. So. Right. Oh, yeah. For the running and the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knee, knees. It's yeah. It is. It is low impact. It is. And, and not everybody's got a pool because that's the only other low impact thing that I can think of. You know, biking, rowing, biking, or, yeah. And then the, and then doing whatever in the pool. We should start a uh, recovery fitness podcast. I know. I should Let's be able do to. It. I'm in. I'm into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, but, oh, so much knowledge. The next one is, um, so getting back to, the next one is uh, the moment. So, um, you know, you, uh, you finally accepted the help uh, and, and getting into the work. Um, 
you know, was there a moment within, you know, minutes, hours, days, weeks that you were like, this is my life or, or, or you know, this is, this is make sense to me or, and yeah, I, I, mean, I hate to boil down to a moment because there's so many, but sometimes there is. I, I remember um, sitting at home and going, man, what's that noise? And it was silence and it was calm. <laughs> it was I was usually, you know, stirring it up and everything was, oh my God, I got to, you know, what lie am I covering for today? <laughs> kind of thing. And I remember sitting by myself and I hated being alone when I was in, when I was in my active use, you know, until unless I was really, really drinking a lot. Um, but I, I, uh, it was like, I don't have, I don't owe money right now. I'm working that out. I, you know, everything just right. started to fall into place. And it was probably within the first six months. I just remember thinking, it, what's that noise? Oh, it's serenity. Right. <laughs> okay. right. My right. life doesn't have to be just the lack of chaos, deceiving yeah. people and not being who I was. And it just, right. you know, it, it didn't happen in a moment for sure, but it definitely was a process. And right. That's what I remember is that it was and I and I worked with my therapist, to, you know, when I ever came to a decision point, nice. as you do in all facets yeah. of recovery, it's like yeah. do I choose the chaos or am I choosing the peace? Right. I'm gonna choose the peace. I'm gonna right. choose serenity. Right. And see, and do that for a year and see what happens. And after a year my life was so much better. Right, right. And it's so wild how like you know, going towards the light and into peace is like this almost alarming moment, you know, where like, yeah. what's, what's happening? Good is yeah. happening, but you get like shook up a little Disorienting, bit. Disorienting, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it you've is. been living in crisis and chaos for so long, you know, that the, the good life is now somehow like, hold on, what is this? Yeah. And that's where I wow. think that the 12 steps, I know I'm not, we, we support many pathways to recovery, but I got to say right. that's where the 12 steps really helped me. It was like, because they were yeah. all about being honest and yeah. having faith and, you know, just yeah. giving back to others and all the good esteemable things I needed to do because I hadn't been doing in my life. They taught me that because I didn't know. So I know that there's other programs that right. work on that as but well. You get, but that's you get character it's... points. Yeah. 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 That you do. That, that you own. Yeah. You know, you, know, you yeah. start owning the, li the life that you live in rather than yeah. allowing other people to or, or, or yeah. somebody you think yeah. you are. Another thing I don't like about that is the character defects, right? Because I was so focused on that. And I just remember after a, a, a couple of years, probably three years <clears throat> in recovery, I remember thinking, you know, I'm more than my defects. I'm more than, you know, it's not just my, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of the character defects as I recognize them. And, right. you know, I'm not that big. I don't take up that much space. Can I, you know, what, you know, I just want to live and be happy. And so I think that's one if I wish there was more about our strengths in the 12 step meetings, like what are our strengths? What are, you know, and I started to work on that a lot by myself. Right. And cause they, cause that's what, uh, well, that's what, that's what changed my life, you know, to be able to, for, for me to, uh, you know, look at myself in a good light, you know, which, which allowed me to be, uh, you know, been a, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a member of society, you know, it allowed me to be, yeah. a, uh, it allowed me to be a part of a community to be accountable and dependable, to, yeah. to, to other people and to just like myself because I, you know, it's this whole COVID deal has really brought me into forced me back into self care at, yeah. at, at a much higher level, you know, yeah. and, 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 uh, and in that, I think it's a, without self care, self love. And, and, and that's what happens in the very beginning is, you know, you, you, it, well, you go through the character defects, but if you can grow into your strengths and grow into, you know, <clears throat> 
the little things that you get to do for yourself and for your others. I think, I think, I don't know. I think, I think without self-love and self-care, I don't know how there's a broader success, you know, being a part of a community. Yeah, I don't think there can be. And I think right. you do get to that point where, okay, I, my relationships are solid. I'm doing, I'm not perfect. And I, right. you know, I, I, I am accountable every day. I run that tape in my head and say, where did I screw up? And what do I need to, who do I need to ask for forgiveness? Right, right, and once yeah. you do all of that, yeah, it's like, okay, now what? Now I get to create who I want to be based right. on, you know, who I am, right? Instead right. of this false thing where you have this powerfully reinforcing psychoactive substance in your brain driving who you are. It's like, who am I without all of that? Right, yeah. right. And I think that's a, you know, and I think, I think it does, you know, maybe the, the meeting after the meeting and even in some meetings and stuff like that in other communities, you get into the, you get into the strength-based stuff. You know, you get yeah. into, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? At the recovery community organizations, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's it. That's it. Like, where? How? How are we getting you to that next level? Let's get well, get you in a community, um, you know, match you up with some folks or some resources, but really try and maintain, you know, where life is going to go next. So at least where where we're at, um, yep. you know, it's a we, we do a lot of persons experiencing homelessness that are, or that are within you know certain shelters yep. and other things like that. So it's more more permanent housing and and employment. You know, uh, you know, for the most part, in, in terms of where they see, well, it's getting involved in the community, number one, and, and getting their buy-in. That's always the number one. But, yeah. you know, you know, find out what their strengths are. Like, like what, what's your, pur what, what, what's your purpose? What, do you, what gets you excited in the morning to get up and get going? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think what that's... What helps you get there? What help? yeah, concentrate on what help actually helps right. you in the morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's good with you? You know, what works? You know, where are your strengths? You know, what's, what's working? We got to bring it back to that always. <laughs> but the next question is, uh, where did peers help you along your journey? So we're getting into more peer support. Um, uh, and define yeah, peer, think, peer however you want. You know, but. Yeah, so I think that initial person got getting me in was my peer. Um, he introduced me to a lot of other people in recovery and I got to meet people who you know, they weren't losers because they weren't drinking or they weren't, you know, they were people right. just like me. And, and I think I, I didn't have any sense of that. No one in my family is in recovery. So I didn't have that, you know, it's not that right. they, don't, they don't have um, a substitute model. For mental illness, yeah. but yeah, I didn't know anybody. So yeah. getting to know, uh, you know, having a community. I went to, started in Tallahassee to go to a woman's group um, that was awesome. That helped a lot. They were, that was a lot of peer support. And then I did start hanging out with them and you know, going uh, kayaking and canoeing and bike nice. riding and just doing all the active stuff you can do in, in North Florida. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. And then at that time, I ended up getting in a relationship uh, with someone who had two kids and they were little babies. And so I ended up helping raise them and nice. got into a whole other peer group of recovering people. So it just was, you know, I started just living my life sober and, right. and peers were everywhere and necessary. Right. So the next question, the last one out of the five is, is, and this is kind of a broader question, I guess, but how can, and you would, you would know this fairly well, I believe, how can peer support services help maintain your or your loved one's recovery? So that for this, in this sense, it's how can, how does it, uh, you know, support and maintain your recovery? Yeah. I mean, I think today, I should say today, you know, how, how, yeah, today, how, how does it, because it, because it changes over time, but today, how does that does. You know, when I am feeling a little crazy, a little wacky, or I'm getting off um, my center, I have people that, I, that I know I can call it, you know, I, I work with 30, 
32 other people in recovery. And so yeah. I have them, you know, if I call them up and go, and I, we had a, a leadership team meeting the other day and I said, I got to tell on myself. I said, you know, I had a really shitty week and I started out by losing my, you know, I literally hung up on someone and yeah. screamed at someone and I don't usually do that. And I'm just not, you know, and they were, they were great. They were like, well, where do we go from here? And how can right. we support you? And they just listened. And a couple of them texted me afterwards and said, you know, hey, we love you. And it was just, you yeah. know, just being honest. So I use peer support that way. And that's where I think I have the best job in the world working around this crew that I work around because I have some major recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of Joyce, she's our assistant deputy or assistant executive director. And, you know, she's no matter what, we, well, they just cut 40% of our funding. She's like, you know, God's got this and we're going to yeah. be okay. And that's yeah. like, yeah, yeah there's changes in your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, have to. And then, you know, some of it's just getting back to basics. It's like with, um, we started an LGBT virtual all recovery meeting. And so I've been going to that once a week. Nice. Although I did miss yesterday, people, sorry. Ooh. But I think that has Should helped me a whole lot. Yeah, that uh, just, and that's kind of back to basics. Um, and yep. I picked up a 30 year chip. I mean, come on. There's not a lot of people who've been sober half their lives, right? So I'm sober no. half my life now, and it's like, now what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. What, what, what else we got? Yeah, <laughs> we got to yeah. <laughs> retire, man. Uh, I know. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, well, you know what? I want the best life for you, uh, and I imagine everybody else does, but um, it, it's, it's tough, tough shoes to fill. Uh, so whoever comes up underneath them, you know, I'm going to be sending lots of prayers their way. Uh, but, uh, but I'm sure I, I have no doubt in my mind, uh, they will be trained and prepared, um, yeah. you know, whenever, whenever that move happens. But so Neil, thank you so much. I, I want to bump into the second little part of this. And this is kind of like a rapid fire. It's a one word, one sentence. Um, and they're, and they're more so just to focus it around your why statements. And I've done this three, three, couple different times and it's either been like cool or First little oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, but, okay. but, but I, got, I, got, I got a good feeling about this one. So again, um, one, one word, one sentence. It's okay. the five alive, your why statements. So Neil, the first one is why recovery? Uh, it was the last house on the, on the road, really. Last house on the street. I, it, there wasn't anything yeah. else. It was this or death, wow. honestly, for me. Yep, and that... And that is a real re reality um, yeah. for a lot of a lot of people. It makes the hair stand up in the back of my neck, yeah. but, but that is great. So then the next question is, um, why? Why choose wellness? Why did you choose wellness? Yeah. Um, gosh, these are tough, Jake. I know. So wellness is a uh, you know a way of life, right? So so I think mm -hmm. um, yeah, life is so short that wellness is. I want to be able to live it the best way possible and with in most fulfilling way possible. So I think fulfillment, wellness is fulfillment to me. It is fulfillment. It is fulfillment. And the next question is why, why put in all this work? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm stupid. No, um, yeah. Glutton for punishment. Uh, yeah, no, Cause there's people who have taken us so far and it's, I think I see it as a, you know, life's a relay. So I think it's my turn to run this relay race around the circle and I'm going to hand it off to the next person who's going to grab it and take it, you know, it could be a whole different direction. So I think it's just part of, it's my, it's my responsibility running this recovery relay race. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that. That was a good one. That was, all right. Nailed that one. Give a picture and everything. Um, 
So the next question is, why are peers so important to the recovery journey? And now I'm going to change the result. Why are certified peer specialists so important to the recovery journey? Yeah, because they, because they have specialized training, right? So it's not just being able to tell your story and say, hey, man, I feel you, I got you. It's more it's having training to really be able to meet that person where they are and to understand um, that most people don't want to be fixed. They just want to be heard and they just want you to walk alongside them. So I think it's a whole different philosophy. So I think, it, you know, it's not peer support and being a certified peer, uh, you know, keeps you connected, but also gives you some really good training, you know, training and skills, skills around how to be with people and how to stretch your mind and be the person you want to be. For me, it gave, it gave my recovery a whole new purpose. You know, yeah. I mean, you talk about like taking the, the baton and, 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 and I, don't know, I don't know where I am exactly in that race. However, I do feel like it gave me, I do know it gave me a, uh, and if you didn't notice, she tried to, Neil tried to hand me the baton, uh, you know, over the video. Somebody take it. I may have fumbled it or tossed it over to somebody. Or I screwed up. Somebody else, right? Yeah, real quick, pop fake. But the, uh, but it's, it is. It it gave my, it gave, not my my entire recovery life, but it gave it, it gave it another purpose. You know, Um, the main purpose is to is to continue to allow myself to show myself, you know, self love and self care and all the rest of that. I think that's Mm -hmm. how recovery manifests itself in me and allowing me to do that. Because because before I wasn't allowed to do that. Or I felt like I wasn't allowed to do that. But recovery yeah, so, allows me to do that. Yes, yeah, so we've got 741 other Jakes out there doing the same thing. It's like it's, you know, it's just going to ripple out. It's like everybody it is. is taking it and doing their own thing. And whether it's right. a active recovery lifestyle or it's uh, you know being outdoors or taking you know, whatever it is, people are take, putting their own spin on it. And or yep. if you're down in the country in Jessup, Georgia, if you're down you know just in Noonan or some of these other places where recovery. Uh, community organizations are people everybody has an idea of what it is and they can bring along five people or 20 people and it's yep. just going to get bigger and bigger which is that's yep. when we start changing the social norms around we really do recovery. yeah we really yeah. do i mean you got you got i think you crossed the and and, and i don't even know why i go here i think this is the marketer in me and stuff like that and metrics and all the rest of that but like and because i'm back, back on facebook and stuff like that you cross ten thousand. Uh, you know, yeah, likes, like, like, likes yeah, and followers on your page. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a solid, fraction right? of the number of, yeah. of the people that you that that, that is you know um, the tiers down that you have served throughout Georgia. Just a fraction, but um, I mean, it's massive. I, I just think in Georgia and then nationally, and just to, to dovetail off, and I, we got one more question after this: is okay. it's going? Uh, you're training uh, other states, right? Where? Right. Where are you at? Or I don't know if you can, can you oh, discuss that. Kind of, are you in multiple? Yeah, I mean we've so. Amazing. Yeah, we were part of the brass tacks. We had signed up to be coaches for other people who wanted to do certain things, and so we we made a decision. We're only going to do what we're good at because that because we love it. We love it. We're good at it because we love it. We love it because we're good at it. And so right. we have trained. I'd have to get with one of my staff, but you know, at least fifteen other states around. Right our philosophy whether that is peer supervision or peer training or uh, one of the things that that jay i give all credit to jay hughes about is um 
creating and sustaining a culture of recovery. We just finished training Orange County, California, by the way. Yeah, it was hysterical. We did two. We had to do it virtually, of course, because because yeah. um, of COVID. But uh, we did two four-hour sessions twice, and so we two full days of training. And you know, these are mainly clinicians that we trained, which was great because they. You know, we said, we need you. We need to partner with you. We need to understand how, what you want from peers as you integrate peer support into your services. And it was just, it was brilliant. We had, you know, other than we had to do it at eight o'clock at night because yep, the time. time difference, but um, it, was, <laughs> it really worked well. And then Jay yeah. and I went to, uh, we partnered with Hazelden Betty Ford on this one too. And we went out to Alaska in February. That was right. my last trip. Yeah, it was That's Kodiak right. Island, Alaska. And we did a day of training community building with a uh, hundred we invited 104 people there and um a hundred showed up in a blizzard on kodiak island oh my goodness it was awesome it was like those oh people don't goodness. let anything stop you yeah. so we got the train up that's Alaska. amazing that's amazing that's like a netflix uh, documentary series by the way if anyone's out there to recreate that one right so they take us to this uh indigenous person center out there that had um you walk in the training room and it was three walls of glass on the Ooh. harbor and it's okay. the harbor where those boats on um it's one of those tv shows those wildest no the cat deadliest catch deadliest catch those big old fishing boats yeah yeah and there were eagles jake it just flocks Matt. i'm like go, going crazy i'm like running around this room jay was laughing at me. i'm like that's an eagle that's an eagle that's there's these bald eagles everywhere i mean it yeah. was just this gorgeous setting and then it started to snow and it's we got snowed mm -hmm. in for half a day and anyway we made it back but it oh, was no. yeah, you, you wore your boots ha okay so tell me tell me so the not I have boots. i had those cleats those rubber cleat those rubber yeah. they're like little braces spikes. that you put on the bot spikes on the bottom yeah. Yeah, Laura, I yeah. took Lori with Like me. ice climbing spikes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just walk in the park. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so you're telling me Jay Hughes had spikes on? I can show you pictures. No, he I don't had, know if he had spikes. He had the spikes? You didn't give him the spikes? No, he had long handles, though. He had some serious long underwear. That, that uh, was cold. Yeah. I believe it. I, I, I he can kept do. looking around going, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love to yeah, see they, the, the picture and the gear. That. Yeah, they to come Nome, Nome, Alaska, which is 150 okay. miles from the Arctic Circle, apparently. Wow. Why not? Because somebody not? in that training was in from no, it was from Nome, and they want us to come to their community and do some stuff. So that's pretty cool when you got people going, "Hey, we like what you do on the grassroots level. Teach us how to do that." Right. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about all you got is community. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I mean, what? And there's, right. you know, there's no ordering you know amazon prime in nome alaska no, and no we had first responders we Maybe had is, but, chief of police came to that meeting all day he amazing. stayed all day amazing guy um nice. you know, some social services some tribal communities were there uh, yeah we had them doing all different excuse me kinds of activities it was pretty cool jay did an amazing job that's amazing yeah, yeah jay, jay jay's a rock star if you don't know uh, go on the website and, and check him out i guess he'd be on on the staff but jay's yeah. a rock star he's our and director then, of training and technical assistance so he's done a lot in terms and, and we also i got to give another person a shout out his name is des thornton okay. he has yep. helped us take our our present our presentation skills and abilities to a whole new level des is a, he's a public speaker and he nice He's an amazing guy. If you need any help with, you know, doing presentations and 
connecting with people um, in, in, when you're on stage. I mean, he's just, he's brilliant. And he has taken us to, our whole team has gone, well, most of us have gone to his training and have really stepped it up. It's been great. Uh, and I mean, when you, when you talk about public speaking, like everyone's stomach drops. So the majority of people's, you know, stomach drops. And, uh, but, but it's, it's, uh, I, I went back to college. So my two, my last couple, couple past two years did public speaking again at, at the, at 34 and then advanced public speaking, you know, at, at, at 35. And I'm, I just turned 37, turned 37. This, this, what was it? Wednesday, this past week. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and there, honestly, you go through that experience, go through the experience of learning how to speak publicly. Cause yeah. I mean, whether you get up on a stage or not, whether that's your world or not, you know, I mean, they do have local groups like the Toastmasters, um, mm -hmm. you know, that you can join and can help you out. Um, you know, but, but, but being trained, uh, because both my professors were uh, award-winning, uh, one was a debate uh, person that did debates, and the other one was a, a paid speaker, right? Wow. Uh, national uh, national paid speaker, so brilliant speakers, you know. Um, but but it it's, it it sets you up for a whole different world. Yeah, true. And I, I think I'm a pretty good speaker, especially. Um, you know, when I'm talking about something I'm passionate about, right. of course, yeah. but I, he, he does help me so much. You know, um, he helped me understand a lot of times, uh, he always says, what's nice to know and what do you need to know? You know, that, mm. there's always a difference between that, between what's nice to know and what you need to know, and, and also the curse of knowledge. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go mm -hmm. off on a riff and people are like, what, are you, what the heck is she talking about? It's like, because I have this curse of knowledge or I assume right. that you know. And all these acronyms in recovery, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I even I even goofed up in the beginning of this. I was like, yeah, Nama cares, you know. Our people, you know, people don't know. You uh, <laughs> don't know what a cares is, you know. Knowledge. Yeah, they're like, all right, he's a good person. He cares about people. Cool. <laughs> you got certified in care, but it's, no, it's something bigger than that. No, being a yeah, a cares and a certified addiction recovery empowerment specialist, a CPS, has been um, you know one of the biggest blessings in my life, and it, it oh. kind of bumps into the last question here in the last rapid fire question. So why is self-directed care and many pathways to, to recovery so important? Oh, wow. Because I think it has to be uh, when I don't usually use the word authentic, but I think authenticity has a lot to do with recovery. It's finding out, it's getting rid of all these layers of who you were when you were in active addiction and who you are today. So I think self-direction I can't live your recovery, Jake. You can't, right. I can't go to someone else and say, hey, you got to ride your bicycle 150 miles a week and you'll be <laughs> golden. It's like, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You know, it's everybody has to yeah. find out what motivates them, what figure, f figure out what drives them internally. And that's the only way. And I think it takes a special professional helper, right. To, yep. to work on, with people in that way. And I, I don't think they're a dime a dozen. A lot of people think they're experts in our lives, but really I, what we train, as you know, is that you are the expert in your life. You're the expert in your recovery. And we just want what you want, where you want to go. We want right. to go with you. Right. That's amazing. Neil, thank you so much. No, but, but, but that's, that's it. I mean, that, if, if we did enough uh, uh, commas and what's the other one with the dot and then a comma, semicolon? Elliptic, 
Yeah, semicolons. Sem- semicolons. We, we can get that into a pair. Yeah, that's in one sentence, you know? <laughs> yeah. we, we, can, we can craft that one, make it work. Yeah. I'm a talker. Yeah. Well, you know I love this stuff, Jake. I thank I you so much for it. I didn't know what to expect when you asked me to do this, so I'm glad yeah. I did it. And, um, no, no. Yeah, I, you, try to, you let me be self-directed, right? You let I me did. Yeah, you got to go. I mean, no, these, to me, it's, uh, I think, you know, my North Star is changing narrative. You know, so changing social norms and and and, and narrative in general, the story, like like what what story do you tell yourself about yourself and about yeah. where you can go or yeah. what your strengths are, right? Yeah. And then like, all right, let's talk about that. You know, let's let's talk through that. And then yeah. so that is narrative in my world is is great. So when we go off on of, for me at least, we'll find out. I'll find out from the the listeners. Uh, you know, um, yeah, if they're like, no. Well, I just want to say something about that because yeah. we work with a lot. When we were out, we being the council, um, we've been doing some work with Breast, with um, Center for Social Innovation and some of the work that they've been doing. And yeah. we were on this learning community for peer supervision for, I think, two months, two or three months. Yeah. And so we got to know each other pretty well. And we did a, the council, you know, like they asked us, like, what, how do you create um, a, a a career path for your peers and it's like first of all I don't create anything for them I create it with them yeah and I'm so lucky I have you know all of the people who work for me are our peers and so I have an HR manager who is in recovery I have a yeah. executive director who's yeah. in recovery and Jay become became the you know he, he won't mind me saying this he spent 18 years in prison he's my director right. of training right? exactly. so Larissa yeah. you know she remembers being passed out and and an overdose and she's yeah. now my director of peer services so it's like the sky's the limit for what we can do and that, that's really awesome. people get that i mean that blew people's minds in that collaborative because a lot of the folks were clinicians and not in recovery and it's like oh your whole organization is dedicated to this and it's like yes mm-hmm. and so we have a board of people who are either in recovery or very close to recovery and it mm-hmm. so there isn't about a career ladder you you know you, you get to create what you want no, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're CEOs, we're owners, we're politicians, you know, we're also moms, dads, brothers, sisters, you know, we're, we're religious leaders, we're, we're I mean, everywhere, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, uh, yeah, and, it, and I, it was interesting, I was a, uh, Jay Bailey, um, who is, uh, and it's the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, uh, they're just hiring right now, and I think just opening you know, sometime soon, and it's it's for uh, a, a it's an incubator, an accelerator, a job readiness program, a training center, uh, all for uh, you know a majority you know underserved communities and minority minority communities in Atlanta, um, and and it's and just and it, going back and forth because their mission as well, their their institution that there is my long is my long game, you know, come to life, you know. Yeah. You know, it, you know, so this, you know, being a part of this center and being able how to figure out how to shape uh, certain programming for the community, you know, and how, how to deliver, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's one thing to be offered money to provide a service and it's another thing to actually deliver it and have a, a real sustainable uh, change and in, in, in hope and light and all the rest of that kind of fun stuff. Um, yeah. But I think it's a, it's a, I don't know, it was a little bit of a, a tangent in that sense in terms of, oh, that's what it was. CEOs, owners, all the rest of that. I mean, the idea is to build wealth, right? So to build owners and leaders within the communities rather than what people think, oh, I'm going to get into recovery and all I get is an hour, hourly paying job. 
you yeah. know, like that's like, like a shareholder. I'm, I'm not careful. allowed to have gainful employment for some reason because I'm a bad person or something. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. That's not the case no. at all. You know, but having these little institutions or having these places you can go to kind of like grow that because yeah. a lot of people, and I even got caught up in a little while where these uh, influencers or, or even people can get rich quick, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, any gonna that is you want to own something. It's yeah. a it is a ton yeah. of work. <laughs> yeah, but the magic is, I mean, that, again, that's what we've done here at the council. When I got here twelve years ago, it was just me, and now it's thirty, right. thirty something people who right. just are living for the mission. You know, yeah. we really are. We're living for we're living um, our mission. I, we my goal for everybody is to have a platform from which you can either stay and grow or go somewhere else and grow. Yeah. Grow recovery, man. Get out there. That's right. Neil, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Love you. And I miss you. And I, you know, five years. Yeah, in California. That I, know. I know. I <laughs> know. I know. I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad. Uh, I am at, I, par partially just because of uh, my, the, you know, for the same price or, or, or even a little bit less, you get like double the land and, and house space here. Um, you know, in, in, in Atlanta, but I, I don't know, there's something about uh, the buzz that's happening in Atlanta. And I know it kind of got, you know, uh, taken over um, by a lot, you know, not just COVID, but civil unrest and, 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 and all the rest, uh, you know, and, and now it's an election year and all the rest of that. But, but, but in, I can still feel it though. I can still feel the energy in and around in Atlanta. Um, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. I really am. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you're a part of it too. I'm glad you're yeah. building that recovery space that where you are. It's really yeah. important, and you do amazing work. So yeah. it's been it's been fun. Well, Neil. Yeah. So okay, here and here's a little fun, quirky little part, and then we'll end it on this one. So I have there's a slogan, uh, and it's called "Keeping It Real with Two L's," because mm -hmm. our lessons learned will lessen your L's. Now, you know what L's are, right? No. What are L's? What are no. L's? You gotta ask Jay this. I feel like this is okay. So an L is a loss. Okay. So, okay. So it's like a, I caught an L. Like oh, a gotcha. Like yeah, a I caught an, an, an L. Like okay. a loss. I caught a loss. Yeah, like, it is okay. a loss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. so listening to our lessons learned, like 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 we go through it, so, and then we're gonna tell you about it, so you don't have to. You don't have no, to. Right? Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so we so our lessons learned. Well, uh -huh. lessen your L's. That's the part I want you to join in with me on. Okay. All right. All right. So, again, uh -huh. thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, this has been Keeping It Real with two L's because our, our lessons, lessons learned are will lessen your L's. Our lessons learned will lessen your L's. L's. Boom. That's L. it. That's oh my it. god. All right. Yeah. Yep. Old. Okay. It's a good way to get a laugh at the end. Really LL Cool J. LL Cool J. That was my jam back in the day. Yeah. He was. He was. And then he turned into a movie star like, like a lot of them do. That's all right. But um, all right. thank you so much, Neil. I hope you have a great weekend. Long weekend, too. So that's yeah, good, too. Kiss your wife uh, for me. And I will. Tell her I, will. Hello. I, will. I love you too. I'll talk to you, Neil. Bye.